0: This is Saving Grace, living in the light of God's love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program.
1: Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. We're inviting you To join us for an incredible journey as our guest, Dwight Edwards, takes us through an overview of the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Dwight writes, certainly there's a place for understanding the flow of Scripture, an important place, but not at the expense of forgetting that the flow is actually a tidal wave of the most titanically important secrets that God has ever disclosed to man, and we are invited to jump in and hang on for the ride of our lives. Dwight is the founder and president of Revolution Within, whose vision is to develop spiritually passionate Humbly dependent followers of Christ as they help believers develop their new hearts, their new lives, and new legacies in Christ Jesus. Dwight has pastored for over 30 years, most recently at Water's Edge Community Church in Houston. Dwight is a best selling author of six books and a sought-out speaker, teacher, and facilitator. Dwight, it's always good to have you on Saving Grace. Carmen, it's always, always great to be with you. Well, glad you're here today. Well, you know, we have all heard the Bible referenced as the greatest story ever told. But you have purposefully chosen to title this wonderful overview of the Bible no greater saga. Explain how you chose to reference the Bible as a saga rather than a story.
0: Well, and I had used the phrase no greater story for a long time, and I started doing some research and just came across the word saga, and decided, well, let's see what the dictionary says that saga means. And uh, as I recall, it basically says that a saga is the long history of heroic achievements. Mm. And I thought, wow, yeah. that is the Bible. It is the long history of heroic achievements. The star of the Bible is God, the beginning of the Bible is God, the end of the Bible is God. Um, but I just, I love that phrase, the, the, the long history of heroic uh, achievements. So.
1: It brings such excitement to the whole topic, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. A- a- Otherwise absolutely. you go, ah.
0: yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, so many people see the Bible yeah. As basically the the mandate for successful living, yeah. No doubt, there's in, incredible amounts of truth on how to live life successfully. Mm-hmm. But I think we do well to ask what we mean by successful li- living. Yeah. And uh, I I would say that uh, successful living yeah. is a life that is laser focused on bringing glory to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what the Bible does. The hero the uh, the hero of the Bible, uh, or let's put it another way. Um, the uh, the central focus of the Bible is not getting our lives fixed, it's getting God's name exalted. Amen. The beautiful byproduct is that as we spend our lives caught up in the glory of God, our lives get fixed as the byproduct.
1: That's right. You know, that's but, exactly right. That. And
0: that's why I said in Corinthians three seventeen and 18, I think so important on this, where he says, uh, we all with unveiled faces beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord are Being changed, Mm. that the byproduct of being absorbed Mm. with the greatness and the glory of God is that our lives get Mm -hmm. changed along the way. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, one of the things I love about your teaching and your writing style is your passion for the word and for our Savior. Mm. I I think your writing and teaching has increased my passion. Oh, wow. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Take a moment, if you would, to share how that passion developed in you. Because I'm afraid there's some listening to white who don't have that passion,
0: yeah, or had it and
1: yeah, lost it. Yeah.
0: Well, I would one very much credit my primary mentor, Dr. David Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, for introducing me to an approach to Christianity, and he has a wonderful message on Philippians chapter three called "True Success." Uh, where he talks about the fact that the only thing Jesus ever said, excuse me, the only thing Paul ever said in terms of this one thing I do is yeah. to know him, the power of the resurrection, the fellowship of suffering. So early on in my uh, growth as a believer, I was very, very fortunate to have that as a major emphasis. The, in fact, the major emphasis. Uh, and so one of the things I've, I've, I've come to say, or I guess I like... If if people people are talking about okay what what will successful Christian living look like mm-hmm. I simply say well major on Psalm twenty seven four and mm. minor on everything else and you'll be fine mm. now the Psalm twenty seven four says this and it's the only thing David ever said this one thing I do yeah. but it, he said this one thing I do uh, excuse me um, uh, it's another, this one thing I do it's uh, one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And then he says, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Oh. And I, I think if you stay focused on that, mm-hmm. everything else pretty much takes care of itself. Doesn't and, it, and, and, and so when we focus on, number one, worship the beauty of the Lord,
1: mm-hmm,
0: uh, mm-hmm. learning uh, that um, uh we are inquirers in His temple, you know. That's kind of full meal deal. And so, yeah. I think, I think, you know, that. But um, I think also a lot of the men and women I've I've read over the years, mm-hmm. I really respect. Mm-hmm. They all had that in common that 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 their greatest passion in life was not evangelism although that was very very important of course you know their greatest passion in life was not disciple making yeah. their greatest passion in life was was Jesus yeah and then everything else just kind of spilled over oh, uh, yeah. from that so I um, agree
1: everything falls in place absolutely when he is your focus yeah,
0: exactly so um, yeah
1: I love that you know when I read the Old Testament I'm really spellbound, really, by the the stories of Moses and Joseph and Samuel and David and Esther and Ruth, etc. But the average reader like myself doesn't immediately connect the books of the Old Testament together. Uh, But you say that the books from Genesis to Malachi fit together. Talk about that.
0: Well, I think so many people see the Bible as a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that is, okay, we've got Philemon up here. We have Second Chronicles down here. We have Malachi over here. But, you know, how, how does this whole jumble fit together? Right, right. And uh, I think really the Bible's a tapestry. Mm-hmm. And that is there are certain major themes begun in Genesis 1 that work all their way to the end of Revelation chapter 22. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the better we can understand what those great themes are, um, you know, we, we discover the main the main colors of the tapestry, if you will. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And so
0: um, I, I think that the that there's a, a wonderful, fo- I like to call it the tsunami of God. Yes. As he moves through human history uh, to the, the point in time that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus mm-hmm. is Lord, you know, focusing on, on Christ's glory. Um, but I think that one of the most significant. I guess, uh, baselines, if you will, is understanding the Abrahamic covenant. I think, mm-hmm. I think Genesis 12, one through three is almost impossible to overestimate how important that is for the whole of the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so in, you know, in um, this you no know, greater saga, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on that. yes. You know? Yes. And, and one of the reasons it's so important Mm -hmm. is, yes, he he does tell Abraham and you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And this is this is going to run its way all the way through to the end of the uh, New Testament. Yeah. But it's repeated five times in Genesis. And that's something I think for a long time I, I never knew. Three times to Abraham, once to Isaac, once to Jacob, the phrase, In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Mm-hmm. And then you know, we've we, we've fast forward to the end of the story, Revelation five, nine and seven nine, and there's men and women from every tribe and tongue and people and nation around the throne. Yeah. And their song is, Worthy is the Lamb, for you've redeemed us by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So Genesis twelve is in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Yes. Revelation is this is the blessing mm-hmm. that Jesus mm-hmm. has saved them, and and that's that's the song. So it's 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 the full scale. It's the, it's the entire mosaic of humanity,
1: yeah,
0: uh, with representatives before the throne of God. So um, it's all it's, one story. It's all one story. So uh, as one man put it, it's uh, Genesis twelve is is the backbone of the Bible. It's yes. it's the very foundation. Uh,
1: yes, yes.
0: So uh, yes. so it helps us to see that it's God on the march. You know, God on the move, you know, and that uh, it's not just a bunch of fragmented stories. Uh, They all have purpose behind them, moving us along.
1: uh, Yes. And taking us to the climax. Exactly. exactly. I love it. Um, You know, it seems that you can't really begin a discussion about the Bible with someone who has never read it without starting at the beginning, right? Right. I mean, you know, any book you're trying to talk about with someone, you've got to start at the beginning, right? But provide your insight on the purpose behind Genesis 1 and 2, which you said is particularly important as we start the story. Right,
0: right. Um, Well, I think that the... Significance of Genesis one and two is it is what we call the the creation uh, account. Yeah. And uh, what you find is God moving into um, into a, a world of, of chaos and darkness and begins refashioning uh, everything. And just kind of fast forward, what you have it by the time you 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 end at Genesis two, you have two perfect commodities. I'll call them. That. Okay. so commodity number one is creation so God moves in Genesis 1 and 2 Mm -hmm. uh, separates the darkness from the light the moon from the stars um, you know creates animals creates vegetation all these different things Uh, and then commodity number two is what is most precious to him and that's the creature human beings it's only of human beings that God says, in my image. Mm, yes. I will create man, I'll create woman in my image. So at the end of Genesis 2, you have a perfect creature and you have a perfect mm-hmm. creation. This sets the stage for the entirety of the rest of the Bible. And I don't think this is often uh, talked about enough. No. But, but basically what you have is perfect creature, perfect creature perfect creation life is beyond wonderful it's it's unspeakably great and god is fully glorified and man is fully satisfied at exactly the same time would that it had lasted longer than it Mm -hmm. did
1: yeah yeah exactly wow i know i always imagine you know just walking with jesus in the garden oh yeah you know how awesome would that be right and just oh wow Well, let's talk about the nation of Israel for a moment, God's chosen people. You know, you look at a map, (laughs) this little bitty T90 country, it seems so insignificant in size and power. And yet you point out that Israel had a threefold calling from God. Explain that, if you
0: will. Well, I'll set it up uh, in terms of what happens Mm -hmm. with the creature and the creation. Yeah. Um, So at the end of Genesis 2, perfect creature, perfect Mm -hmm. creation. End of Genesis chapter 3, we have fallen creature and fallen creation. And so the, the, the wonderful start does not continue on. And so when we come to the end of Genesis 3, as I said, it's not, it's not just the creature who fell. I mean, the man and the woman clearly fell, but it was also creation fell. Mm. So in Romans 8, we find that all of creation groans in travail, mm. waiting for the day that they get their glorified body back. The entirety of the rest of the Bible is God's reclaiming both the creature and the creation at a titanically high price. Mm. So he goes after what matters to him most, and that's the creature. And that basically was going to run then from Genesis 4 all the way to uh, Revelation chapter 20. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then Revelation 21 and 22 is entirely about creation. And now mm-hmm. creation gets her glorified body in yeah. Revelation 21 22. Uh, and 22. Uh, Basically, it's paradise regained and it's man regained and so forth. Um, So um, the issue with Israel is that um, as you as you as you fast forward from Genesis chapter three is uh, we find God uh, moving on different peoples, Noah in his day, um, Mm -hmm. Cain and Abel, so forth and so on. Uh, But then we get to Genesis um, Black am blacking for a second. Uh, we, get to, we get to Genesis 12. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for the first time, God steps forward and, and draws out a man named Abram, uh, turns his name into Abraham and says, number one, I will bless you. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, he who blesses you will be blessed. He who curses you will be cursed. Right. And so forth. And which is the history of the world. You know, basically, it, it, it has held true that nations that have blessed Israel have retained God's favor, mm-hmm. uh, at least to some degree. Nations that turn their back on Israel have experienced God's judgment. But the, the most important part is, then he says, um, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Whenever you see families, peoples, Gentiles, oh, it, it, those are all just simply saying Jews. Is it, they're all just different words for that. And so what he's saying is that um, I'm going to use Israelites. So I'm going to use the mishpacha, the, 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 uh, just the Jews. And they're going to become um, my uh, uh, rescue line to all the nations around. So the reason I use the, the three uh, three things that they do mm-hmm. is I think it, it, it makes for a, a good picture of what Israel was there for and really what we're here for as yeah. well. Yeah. So you remember Moses is walking along the back side of the desert one day mm-hmm. and he sees a bush mm-hmm. and it stops him in his tracks. Yeah. Uh, and he now says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush burns and is not consumed. So i I want to suggest that what happened there in Exodus 3 with the burning bush mm-hmm. is the perfect picture of what Israel was supposed to be to the nations around. Mm. Israel was created by God to be his burning bush. Mm. What Moses what God was what the burning bush was to Moses is exactly what the Israelites were to be to the nations around. So the the bush did three things. One, it reflected the character of God. Mm. The fire in the bush was God himself. And so when they, 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 the, 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 the role of the Israelites then is to reflect, reflect the, the, the character of God of the nations around. Secondly, um, it uh, relayed the word of God. Mm. It was out of the, uh, the bush that God spoke. Yes, yes. Aud- audibly and so forth. And then the third one, and I think this is usually overlooked, is it was there to provoke curiosity. Mm. It was there to stop the nations mm. in their tracks. Wow. Just as it had done for Moses. And Moses will say, I'll turn aside and see this great sight. Why this bush burns, but doesn't mm. burn up. And so what you have there mm. is, uh, let me submit or suggest, is the nation of Israel was to be God's burning bush for the nations around. So that as she reflected to the nations mm. the character of God, and that and that's why that's why the Torah, that's why the commands of God were given, yeah. because all those commands reflect to the nations the God they belong to. Mm-hmm. This is why it's all summed up, you love your neighbor, love your uh, the Lord God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. That was the clarion call. Um, secondly then, the Israelites were there to um, if, if the nations wanted to know about God, they had to come to the Israelites, who would proclaim the God. word of God. Yes, you know yes. they knew God. But I think this issue of the uh, provoking curiosity gets yes. gets overlooked because as you look at the different laws, mm. many of them you we're trying to figure out why would he say, for instance, when you go in and glean the fields, leave the edges untouched, because no other nation did that. Yeah. Every other nation, you get what you can mm-hmm. God said, no, because I'm leaving the edges for people that matter to me. Oh, Orphans, wow. yeah. widows, foreigners. You leave those edges alone because they're reserved by me for them. No other nation even thought about doing that.
1: Mm. So it's a surprise factor. It's the factor. surprise
0: factor. It's yeah. exactly it. Um, wow. Then uh, he would talk about... Um, different kinds of seed and different kinds of clothes that you yeah. don't mix them. Well, it's God's way of saying, I'm, I'm I'm a separate God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, anyway, there's just all kinds of different, yes. uh, you look, look at the laws with the, through the lens of what is going to be surprising to the nations around who are watching. Who are watching when, when, mm-hmm. when they see this. Uh, so, you know, all the Ten Commandments well, you know, just a simple one, mm-hmm. you shall make the Sabbath holy. Mm-hmm. Well, no other nation ever thought about mm-hmm. taking a day out of a week to enjoy God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God said, No, you do that because I matter most. And I'll and I'll make sure the crops and the grains come through, which they did. You yeah. know, so it's, it's it's I think it's a, a much more exciting way of looking at all yeah. these laws yes. and saying, you know, they're not they're not there primarily to keep Israel out of trouble. Right. They're not there primarily to keep Israel healthy. Although many of the commandments that will be the byproduct. Right. They're there to catch the attention of cynical unbelieving nations around and invite them to the party. Yeah. It's a, it's a way of being able to say to the, to the world around, our God rocks. Absolutely. Your gods cannot get the jobs done. Give them up. Yeah. And come see. Uh, and there was a very short period of time oh. where that actually worked. And that was during the reign of Solomon. Mm. And during oh. the reign of Solomon... Uh, Israel became legendary, oh, so much yes, so that the yes. Queen of Sheba makes her way over, the kings of the earth come over, they want to see. That
1: was, that was yeah.
0: supposed to be normative Christianity, that yeah. was supposed to be everyday kind of living. Uh, sadly, it uh, just didn't happen, no, uh, no, nearly often enough. And and that's one reason that God is has such white-hot jealousy on the issue of, of uh, idolatry. Mm. Because idolatry essentially is 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 calling to the nations out, outside. Our job, our God, can't get the job done. We need to borrow from your gods. Mm-hmm. Could you lend us some of your gods, so that when our God doesn't come through, these gods will come through? Oh, when God is saying. Sad. So, so sad, so sad. Um,
1: I I just love the the, the whole picture uh, of of you know why I chose Israel and their calling because. He could have chosen this, you know, a huge nation yeah, exactly. that had power and had all these things on their own. Yeah. But it wouldn't have received the attention. But he chooses this insignificant little T90 right. country to do incredible things as long as God was their focus, exactly. Right? Yeah, and that's all He asks of us. Let God be your focus. It doesn't matter if the world thinks you're insignificant. That's right. Let me show the yeah. world what I can do through a through a so-called Absolutely. insignificant being. Right. Well,
0: exactly, and that's why I, I would then go on and say that yeah. that that is our calling as believers yes, is. today is that we're here to be God's burning bush.
1: Amen. And so yeah. we're
0: here, first of all, to reflect the character of God to the nations around. Mm -hmm. It's called love, joy, peace, all the different fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. We're here to uh, proclaim the unedited, undiluted Word of God to people around so their lives get changed. Uh. And especially, and I think this is what's so overlooked, we're here to be God's walking wow factor. Yes, yes. We're to be his surprise agency. We're to be what? his marketing agency yeah. um, and, and basically live lives that stop people in their tracks, mm-hmm. cause them to scratch their heads and say, I want to know more. I would say as an aside, I think the single greatest mistake evangelical Christianity, Christians have made, particularly in the United States, is we're seeking to win people before we wow them.
1: Oh yeah, we
0: we have not laid the foundation of surprise.
1: Not given them a reason. That's to it. Want what we have
0: exactly, and that's why Peter's you know yeah. will will say, be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks you of the reason for the hope that's in you. In words, you're God's burning bush, and they're yeah. going to start asking questions. Uh, it's show and tell, if you will. Yeah. So um, I, that's where I, I think that. This becomes very, very significant mm-hmm. in terms of as so we move forward into the New Testament mm-hmm. and the great calling of God upon his people. Be the burning bush you are created to be. Oh, and these are the big three. These are the big three. That's these right.
1: Three. That's right. So, well, it's quite a, a, a calling and challenge for all of oh, us. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. But wow, what a beautiful... If people just understood, yeah. Dwight, what a joy-filled, abundant life you would have if you do just those things.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Just those things.
0: You know, I, I first got that picture from a book by Major Ian Thomas called The Saving Life of Christ, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. read. Yeah. And I, I love the title of his chapter on the burning bush. And the title of the chapter is this, Any Old, whoop, any old Bush Will Do. <laughs> And that was his point, is that this was not, you know, this was not a supersized bush. this was just a regular bush, you know, but a regular bush inflamed by God
1: (laughs) makes all the difference. (laughs) It truly does. (laughs) Well, I I knew our time was going to fly today. We're we're going to have you back next week. We'll begin next week talking about the covenants. But in closing, could you give us a definition of a covenant? So that our people under, so that people understand the importance uh, of, of a covenant to God in regard to His relationship yeah. with man. I
0: would say a covenant is a promise on steroids. Mm. In this regard, it, it's it's far more serious than a promise. It's the difference between a wedding ring and a promise ring.
1: Oh yes, yes.
0: You know, that's a whole different level of seriousness yeah. when yeah. you're talking about the wedding ring. So I I would just say that the covenants were God's wedding rings. Along along the way, uh, yeah. you know, committing himself uh, uh, unreservedly to to what to what he's promised. So a covenant is a very very serious thing. It's 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 different yeah. than than simply a promise. Um, and yeah. so uh, and that's why that, you know it, it's it, that's crucial in understanding the Bible is to understand the covenants.
1: Oh, very through. important. Yeah. So folks, next week we're going to talk about the five different covenants. God's plan, redemptive plan for mankind in use of each of those covenants in our in our in our lives. So be sure to, to tune in next week so that you can grasp these and understand why it's important. Uh, for for us to to know where we are now, which covenant we're That's under right. now, and how God intends for us to live uh, during during this this particular covenant. Well, Dwight, uh, again, we we look forward to having you back next week. Uh, thank you for your insights. Oh, thank today. you, it's been great. And thanks to you, our listeners. You know, I pray that our discussion today has stirred your passion uh, and wanting to uh, dig deeper into God's word. Perhaps you'd like to learn more about Dwight Edwards, his ministry, and his online Bible studies. We've included that information on our program page. You can find it at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. While you're there, check out the opportunities offered here at Grace for seminary degrees, for additional Bible studies to deepen your faith. We encourage you to download our Grace app. So glad you tuned in today. Please tell others about Saving Grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost.
0: You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center. Or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.